0: Hey friends, welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I am genuinely so excited that you are tuning in today. Wild Hearts is for those who are passionate about diving deep, keeping it real, reclaiming their passions, and getting after the things that they were made to do without apology. In each episode, I sit down with a fellow Wild Heart to talk about life, travel, faith, and everything in between. So let's dive in. Hey guys, I am so glad that you guys are tuning in today because this episode is going to be such a treat. I'm sure of it. Um, I'm sitting down today with my friend Rachel Dawson, who has been on the podcast before a much earlier episode when we first got started. I realized almost three years ago I started this podcast, which is absolutely wild to me. Um, So I'm really grateful that she's chosen to come back for a second episode because today we are going to be talking about all these different topics that encompass our lives as single Women, Rachel and I are both single. <laughs> mm-hmm. Clearly, we're doing this episode. We're both single. Um, I'm in my early 30s. Rachel, you're in your late 20s, right? Correct. Yeah. So we have a you know culmination of a lot of experience in being and thriving and growing as single women that mm-hmm. um, I really am excited to get to talk about today. Specifically, we're going to talk about mental health counseling, establishing routines. I think things that might get overlooked in a season of singleness, but they're so, so important. Also, Mm -hmm. I want to take back the fact that I just called it a season because I absolutely hate it when people call them your seasons of singleness, (laughs) because there's no guarantee that that is a season. It might be, I don't know. I have a lot of opinions about it, which we'll get into. (laughs) But yeah, if you are a single gal, even if you're not and you're tuning in, um, we're going to talk about some things that we have learned in our, um, in our spaces of being single that have really helped us to grow and thrive and connect with God a lot more. I'm, I'm going to speak for myself, but I'm assuming the same for you, Rachel. So, um, anyway, thank you so much for being here, Rachel. I'm so excited to have you on. Yes. It's so good to be back. I'm so excited. It's gonna be great. Um, will you just take a couple minutes in case anyone doesn't know who you are, hasn't tuned into your previous episode and introduce yourself, share a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you live, um, anything you want to share.
1: Yes. So, like Janine said, my name is Rachel Dawson.
0: I live in
1: Richmond, Virginia, which is a city that I have come to really, really love. And um, I didn't expect that. I grew up in Arizona. So, Richmond has been kind of the second half of my life. And it's been a really sweet place to call home. Um, I work for a church full time in communications and kind of a creative digital social media type of space, which has been really fun. There are some challenges to working in the church world, but overall, um, I am grateful to get to do what I love for um, a place that is growing and helping people find life and purpose. That's really um, meaningful to me. And I do a lot of kind of freelance and side hustle types of things. Um, <laughs> I work with an organization called the Richmond Experience, which when I, when you love your city is really fun to get to talk about your city and create guides and things that help people um, connect to events and places around um, Richmond. Richmond. And I don't know, I do a lot of reading. I do a lot with social media, um, bookstagram and book talk, and all the things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm an Enneagram one, if that resonates with anybody. Um, I'm an introvert. And like Janine said, I've been single for the last couple Mm of years and really um, pursuing growth and Mm -hmm. healing in my own story. So I'm excited to explore more as we talk today.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. I can't believe I didn't even say that you are like kind of like insta TikTok famous for like your book stuff no (laughs) rachel's kind of amazing i don't fully understand how she does this but she reads books really quickly you're just naturally a really quick reader um very jealous very jealous um and you read like i don't know how many books on average a month would you say you read
1: um it's usually between like 15 and 20 so i it's usually about 200 a year yeah It's a lot. that's amazing
0: lot. <laughs> some people can barely bring themselves to read like three books a year that's incredible yeah. so but yeah I
1: will say I will die on this hill if you read at all you are a reader um mm. I just I feel like people often are like oh you read so much like I could never and it becomes like a competition it's not mm. Reading is fun and it's a joy. Whether you read for entertainment or you read to learn or you just read to escape, whatever. If you read, you're a reader. that's not it. a competition. So <laughs> I love that,
0: man. Yeah. So yeah, if you guys need some like book inspiration, want to find out some really, and you kind of cross genres with the books you read oh, too, yeah. which I really appreciate. Yep. About um, the mood I'm in. Yeah. So you guys should definitely give Rachel a follow. It's all linked in the show notes, y'all. Go follow her. Uh, We'll talk about that at the end too, but um, anyway, just so glad that you're here and um, willing to talk about this topic because it's not necessarily like the most, uh, I don't think it gets a lot of attention, a lot of focus when it, I think Mm -hmm. it deserves it. Um, And you know, then that means sometimes it's intimidating to talk about when it's not something Mm. that's often talked about. But before we jump into all that, because... I am such an advocate for travel. I have mm-hmm. to ask you my travel question as part of our intro. Um, and I know you answered this years ago when we did the first episode we recorded together, but it'll be interesting to look, like listen back and see if things have changed. So yeah. that said, where's your favorite place you've been? And then maybe also a place you're hoping to go.
1: Yes. So I will start with the second one, actually, because I'm really excited. I am less than a month out from my next trip, which – After the last year and a half of my life, I just am so excited to like really get out and travel. So Mm -hmm. I'm taking a solo road trip this fall through the Northeast and going to a bunch of states that I have not been to ever Mm -hmm. before. So one of my big goals in life was to hit all 50 states before I turned 30. Um, Because of the pandemic, I don't think it's going to happen. But this trip in October will cross off seven new states for me. And then I'll only have like 10 left. So it feels like in my 30s, I will get to all 50 states mm-hmm. and I've planned this trip around like Peak Foliage. So hopefully it'll just be like a beautiful road trip. I don't really have much planned except for like cute bookstores and scenic drives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited to just get out and be on my own pace, my own time, my own schedule mm-hmm. and just explore a whole area of this like country that I've never been to. And I would say the my favorite place that I've ever been um this probably was what I said the first time and I'll say it again I studied abroad in London for a summer mm. and I absolutely loved being in the United Kingdom um London especially it was just a city that I really felt like I could make a home and I was there mm. for long enough that I did I kind of put roots down had places that I was a regular um Knew my like way around the city could give people directions. People ask for directions. It's always mm-hmm. like as you feel like you're not a tourist anymore. <laughs> um, and I just really loved the history of London, the art. Um, it was fun to be there the summer that the Olympics were there and the Queen's Jubilee. So we got to see the royal family like at parades and things, so cool. and it was just a really cool like immersive experience. And it was nice to not have a language barrier. I think for a lot of people that study abroad, that's something that they really want. And I really wanted to be somewhere where I didn't have that as like an obstacle for me feeling like I could connect with the city or really mm-hmm. do what I wanted to do. Um, and it got to be a place where like I went out and explored on myself. I like took the tube to like other places and just did my mm-hmm. own thing, explored museums on my own and really felt comfortable and confident there. And I look back on that summer really, really fondly um, and would love to spend more time in London. So. Yeah.
0: Same. Really, anywhere. I I found flights the other day, round trip to Dublin for under three hundred, under three hundred dollars. And
1: you didn't get them. I didn't.
0: (laughs) I know. I'm. I know. I'm kind of kicking myself. I didn't have like. I didn't want to. I don't have. I need to have more of a plan because international is different than just going somewhere domestic here in the states. I could like book that easily and just figure it out, but. Yeah, it's a little bit more complex, especially somewhere like Ireland, like public transit isn't necessarily Mm. like as accessible in some of the places you'd probably want to go. Anyway, that's a whole tangent I could go on, but
1: I would also love to
0: go to London right now. It sounds amazing. (laughs) I am so excited to dive right on into this topic today um, Mm because I know that you and I have talked quite a bit online and offline in real life um, Mm -hmm. about both the beauty and the hardships of being single, Um, mostly beauty, but definitely still some hardships, Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, kind of In with all of that is mental health and counseling, prioritizing those things, establishing healthy routines, especially because you and I do both live alone, um, Mm -hmm. which again, so much beauty in living alone also brings some hardships. We're kind of in similar spaces. And so that's why I'm so excited to get to talk about this with you today on the podcast. So first things first, I want you to kind of tell us everything. Like, how long (laughs) have you been single? Are you trying to date? what's your story there, and then I'll kind of fill you guys in on mine too, which really I don't have that much to tell, so let's start with you, Rachel.
1: (laughs) I don't think I do either, so (laughs) sorry, this is going to be pretty uneventful, but um, I have been single for about two and a half years now, and um, before that was pretty much always like I always had somebody in Mm. some kind of capacity, which is really interesting. It's been quite a shift Mm. to – be single for such an extended period of time. I think in the past, it would only be like, it wouldn't be very long, maybe a few months or so before there was somebody I was interested in. And then on a new Mm -hmm. path toward getting more serious with. Um, And this last breakup was the first time I had ever been dumped and it came out of nowhere. And it was the guy, a guy that I really thought um, could be it. And I really was like, Oh, this, like everything is clicking. Everything is falling into place. I really could build a future with this person. And then he showed up on my doorstep one day and was like, "I like don't have feelings for you. I can't do this." And I was like, "Oh well, that's uh, some fun. Cool, um, cool, cool, so cool." It's been two and a half years now. He mm-hmm. is getting married soon to somebody else. Um, wish cool. them all the best. <laughs> <laughs> and I have really settled into singleness as mm-hmm. um, my kind of state and mm-hmm. status in life, and I no longer. Um, feel ashamed of that and I really have gotten to a place where as my friends not only are married um, there's a season where that was the big thing right everybody mm-hmm. was getting engaged and everybody was getting married now most of my friends have kids and I really really love that for them mm-hmm. and have really enjoyed being part of their stories, their families mm-hmm. getting to love their little ones. Mm-hmm. And I really don't want that for myself. <laughs> and I've really gotten to a place where I don't feel pressured mm-hmm. to be in a state that I'm not in. Um I like I think we'll talk about this later too, but mm-hmm. I love that for them and I don't need it for me. And being mm-hmm. able to get to a place where that's true. But I can really feel free to celebrate them and not be like, oh so happy you're married, like wish I was. <laughs> I really like so happy you're married. Like that's awesome. I'm also so glad I'm not (laughs) like this is great for everybody um so I'm not really trying to date um I will at times like download a dating app again and give a few swipes and then realize like this is stupid this doesn't work I really just wanted like attention and wanted to talk to somebody like I'll just call a friend like that's actually what I need right now (laughs) um so that doesn't really go very far um But yeah, I'm really in a season where, like, this is exactly where I want to be and Mm -hmm. where I'm really glad I am. And to be able to say that and, like, not be like, oh, but actually, like, I really wish it was different is really nice. So Mm -hmm. I'm grateful to have gotten to um, this state of being single. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. Well, um, similar and not similar. Uh, I've been single. This is where it's not similar. I've been single for... I really don't even want to do the math I don't think but <laughs> <laughs> it's like early 2012 so almost 10 years <gasps> wow that's a
1: long time yeah it's, ex- um, it's kind of fun though <laughs> it is yeah i mean a lot yeah. has
0: a lot has changed in these in yeah. the 10 years i think that's one thing that like i can look back at my relationship in college which really was my only relationship i mean there have been like a couple guys that have trickled in over the last 10 okay. years but like it was nothing serious it was like mm-hmm. mistakes <laughs> more than anything that was serious <laughs> I, have, I have a few of those although i did have there's one that like i'm actually sad didn't go anywhere he's now married so it's fine but there mm-hmm. was a guy in ireland that i met well, like I an irish it. guy uh-huh. man it would have been i it would have been amazing <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't god's plan clearly yeah it's interesting though to look back like at 22 year old janine or however old i was at that time 21 god i was a baby and just like knowing how much i've grown as an individual mm. person yeah. um yeah. you know it makes it it makes it a little easier i hate dating apps um uh-huh. i every time i go to download one or you know create a profile it's usually at the encouragement of a friend They're like, oh, come on, Mm -hmm. let's do it. Let's do it together. And I'm like, okay, fine. So we'll create a profile and they'll do all the swiping. And then anytime I'm left to my own devices, I will get on and say I've matched with a couple people. I don't – I hate – it might – have something to do with being an Enneagram for, not that the Enneagram's everything, but like it all feels very surface level to me, which is like kind of the antithesis of who I am. Like I don't want to spend time in the shallows. I want to go to the depths and I just don't feel that. Also, my opinion is like, it's this buffet line of beautiful people. By the time we match, this person probably doesn't even remember coming across my profile Nothing about that feels special. Nothing about that feels unique. Ugh. Yeah, I, and I probably also just have this romantic—I mean, not probably. I definitely have this romanticized idea in my head of what, like, my meet cute is supposed to be,
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and it just hasn't happened. Yeah. yet. So yeah. Um, so that said, yeah, I don't. I don't really date. I don't really try. There are moments that. Um, I think loneliness will creep in, but that is definitely the exception. The rule yeah. is, I mostly find that I um, really enjoy being single. I love that kind of everything is is mine, like my time, yeah. my money, my resources, my energy. Um, I mean, I, and and gods, but like that's a given. Right. But right. Um, I'm able to travel freely. I'm able to kind of move about. I don't have anything necessarily tying me down anywhere. Um, or Mm -hmm. to anything. And maybe that is, (laughs) that might also be a fear of commitment, but um, for the most (laughs) part, a little bit. Um, But for the most part, I really do enjoy the season. Again, there are some moments of loneliness, but like you said, friends getting married and starting to have kids. I Mm -hmm. love getting to be like fun Aunt Janine to all my friends' kids. I get to show up, have fun, Play games, take them on little adventures, and then I get to return them home, and then leave. Yeah, uh-huh. the or sometimes I even get paid to hang out with their kids. So, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> so there's beauty in both. I, I think you know we live in a weird culture where uh, marriage is like an ele- it's looked at as being like an elevated status, especially in any Christian subcultures. And I think therefore anyone who finds themselves single feels uncomfortable because they feel like they're being like, held back or left behind. Um, And I just want to, like, come on and dispel that myth because, really, there's so much beauty. You can be singularly focused. I mean, it's actually scriptural that when you're not married, like, Mm -hmm. you're able to focus on the things that really matter without also needing to focus on your partner. So, anyway, there's a lot of beauty in being single. I could get on a soapbox. Maybe I already have. But um, I would love to hear from you. I know we kind of already touched on some of these. But maybe if you could give us, like, two or three of your... Biggest benefits that you've found in being single?
1: Yes, I think you've touched on a lot of them, and I'll echo many of your thoughts. Awesome. That I really love having total freedom and independence. Um, it is such a gift in my life that I do not have to really answer to anyone or like explain myself to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I even in a lot of ways, I think the things that are a benefit of being single are also true of living alone for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I was single for the last few years, I had roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the last year I've been living alone and it's opened up this whole new like way mm-hmm. of living for me that has been really, really sweet and rich, um, where I don't have to, do anything on anybody else's time. Mm -hmm. Everything around me is my own. If it's a mess, it's my mess. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's clean, it's because I like, like it clean. Mm -hmm. Everything feels like me. looks like me. Um, My life is just exactly like what I want it to be. Mm -hmm. And even as I'm saying that, I'm like, man, is that really selfish? Like, am I just so self-centered that like, I'm not creating room for other people. But I think for me as an introvert and for how I'm wired Mm -hmm. um, as a highly sensitive person and somebody who Mm -hmm. battles anxiety and depression and all these other things, my tank for relationships is only has so much gas in it all the time. Mm-hmm. And if I was in a relationship, I think that person would likely get most of that and there wouldn't be much else to spread around to yeah. friends or coworkers or church community um, people that I want to pour into mm-hmm. and to ha- not have that, to have all of my kind of relational energy or like gas in the tank be um, able to go kind of everywhere else. I feel like I am a better I'm a better um, employee, and a better member mm-hmm. of my church, like all of the places and the people that I'm connected with, get the best of me because I have a way to recharge. Um, I'm not being like sucked dry by people who need me all the time, um, mm-hmm. or want my attention or mm-hmm. just like want to spend time with me. Um, and I really love that. I love coming home at the end of the day and having just, like, a stretch of time where nobody needs me. Nothing is on my schedule. I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I can make plans if I want. I can see the friends I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been just really good for me. And I've been able to really create a life that I love, that's full of the things I love, yeah. that feels really fulfilling to me um, because it's all kind of being set just by me. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> I don't know. I really like it. Mm-hmm.
0: So. <laughs> i it's think i think that's uh, another like weird maybe misconception but like something that i've also dealt with too in feeling like selfish i'm like is this selfish mm. of me to xyz whatever fill in the blank it's like well the, it's kind of this the status of my life like i because i'm single i just don't have to you know run decisions by another person mm-hmm. or anything like that and so in some ways it's just part of where i'm at but then in other ways, it it frees us up. I think there's a balance of like, yes, maybe it feels selfish. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean it is. But then mm-hmm. two, because we're single, we have more time to dedicate yeah. to outside people, opportunities, mm-hmm. um, things in our community. Like we can be more invested because we have more time. Um, yeah. We just get to decide what we do with it. Um, and
1: resources too. I yes. think – I think time, resources, Mm -hmm. your money, your energy, your spaces, Mm -hmm. I think all of those are interchangeable with what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I have a huge pet peeve when it comes to (laughs) being single. Um, And I think it's because I've been single for 10 years. And most of it's been by choice. There are again, like I mentioned, there are days where I feel lonely or like really long for a life partner. That said, I've been Mm -hmm. single for 10 years. So I'm pretty, I would say, pretty good at being single. I will also say counseling has really helped in that department, which we'll talk about in a second. But one of my biggest pet peeves is when people who are not single and haven't been single for a long time Mm -hmm. try to give me advice about being single. Yeah. Um. I really struggled when it was like parent age people for a while when they were like, oh, well, you should just do this or put yourself out there. Or do-. And I'm like, you know what, Becky, you weren't single in the digital age. But then there's another like group of people, especially in like Christian culture, where it's, you know, they got married at 25 and they're now in their 30s and trying to give you advice about being single. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you got mm-hmm. married relatively young. I. You can't understand how, what what life feels like or is like for me as yeah. someone in my early 30s or right. late 20s and being single because you mm-hmm. weren't. Doesn't mean the emotions might not have been similar right, for them when they were younger, but it is different. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: anyway, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. So I would love to know <laughs> what is the worst or most annoying thing someone who isn't single Has told you about being single and trying to encourage you.
1: Oh my gosh! Yes, I think the one that comes to mind that
0: I really bristle at is Mm -hmm. like that it will happen when you
1: just stop trying. And I just always want to be like, you know what? Um, (laughs) If I could try less, like I I couldn't try less. Like I am not trying at all, Mm -hmm. and it hasn't happened. And also, what if I don't want it to happen? Like I think there's just this. Because what I hear in that right is it like. I think we're both saying this, that people who have a partner, have a spouse, have a family think there's, if they're so happy, they love that for them. They want that for everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I just really am frustrated by the, the fact that people think that what's good for them and what's worked for them, it really brings them joy in life mm-hmm. would also be the same for me. And when people try mm-hmm. to put that on me, I don't want it. <laughs> like <laughs> I just don't want that. Um, and I really get frustrated by that kind of a response or that I, when I often use the language, like if I ever get married or if I ever have a person or whatever, and I have several people in my life who are always like, no, 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 no. When? Like, no, it's, you don't know that you can't possibly, I can't possibly know that that is or is not in my future. So Mm -hmm. let's just like, for me, if is actually a really beautiful place with hope and possibility and Mm -hmm. freedom. Um, I'm not, it's not saying like, well, I'll never, or like, I'm just doomed. I'm just saying it's a possibility Mm -hmm. and whether I'm trying or not is not going to determine what God does or doesn't do in my life. Mm -hmm. And so this whole notion of it will happen if you stop trying just feels like total BS to me. And I'm just not interested in that. And I've gotten really good at kind of being able to, um, push back on people who (laughs) say that and be like, actually, Mm -hmm. um, no, (laughs) let's, let's have a conversation.
0: So Uh yeah, it's not fun. I have so many opinions um, swirling through my head. I feel like it's actually really detrimental to use that kind of language and to to say when, when you get, no, when you get married or um, yeah, it'll happen when you aren't expecting it, which to me, again, I'm like, I haven't been expecting it for 10 years and it hasn't happened. So there's something flawed (laughs) in your logic. I actually think it's really... It's detrimental in that it actually, I think, has the potential to set people up, young single women up for a lot of disappointment. And yeah. that could very easily be turned to or toward God. Like you could be really frustrated yes. and angry yes. that um, God isn't giving you what you right. should be getting because everyone's yeah. telling you it should be happening. Um, yep. I think it's very- I think f- it can
1: also turn inward really easily. Like, yeah. Well, you're saying it should have happened, or when it will happen, and if it doesn't, what's wrong with me that it hasn't? Right. When right, it's not a, a right or wrong or better or worse. It's just your life looks different, yeah. and that's not bad. There, I feel right. like we moralize things so much yep. and make marriage good and singleness bad when mm-hmm. they're not. They're just states of being, mm-hmm. and they have both have good and bad, and hard and beautiful and glorious and gut wrenching things mm-hmm. all mixed up, mm-hmm. and. Just because it, like I said, it works for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for everybody else. And I don't, I feel like we just make it such a big deal Mm -hmm. and it doesn't need to be and it Mm -hmm. shouldn't be because you're right. I think it turns us against ourselves and against Mm -hmm. God really easily because Mm -hmm. we feel like there's this expectation that's not being met
0: Mm -hmm.
1: when what if it's just a story that looks different.
0: Right. And just remembering like nothing in life and this might sound a little cliche, but nothing in our lives is actually guaranteed and yeah. marriage is not an exception. Like Correct. it's not guaranteed. It might not it might not be part of your story. If you really want it to be part of your story, there may be ways for you to um, go about life differently. But if you're okay with where you're at, then I don't know. I always, you know, when people are like, well, you have to put yourself out there, you have to put yourself out there. I'm like, I'm actually Good. Like I'm okay. Yeah, no, Um, I don't. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I d I I I don't, but thanks. Uh I don't know. So anyway, yeah, get off my soapbox. But it is one of those things where I'm like, stop, stop telling me what things should look like or like what I should be doing or expecting because um, ultimately I'm figuring out what I actually want and yeah and more importantly, I'm trying to walk in step with what I think I'm supposed to be doing with this life. And whether or not that involves marriage actually isn't really any of your business anymore, So <laughs> Right. And I think I,
1: I would hope for people, so maybe if you're listening and you're not single and you're like, oh gosh, what do I say to my single friend mm, or whatever? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I might suggest taking your cues from the person who is single. And so for somebody like you or me, like we're generally really fine mm-hmm. and pretty good. And when I talk about my singleness, it's in a positive manner. I feel yeah. great about it. So how about you like feel great about it with me Mm -hmm. and celebrate where I'm celebrating. Mm -hmm. If I'm expressing like, Hey, I'm really struggling with loneliness or something's really hard about being single right now, please like empathize with me, be with me in that, but don't patronize me or try to just put a platitude on it. Sit with me in that and be willing to say like, yeah, that's hard. Like Mm -hmm. it must be hard. It is hard to be Mm -hmm. like, I feel lonely sometimes too. Like that's a hard season or a hard state to be in. Mm -hmm. how can I help you or how can Mm -hmm. I like love you through that Mm -hmm. so take your cues from the person if they're stoked about it don't be like oh well I really when you get married because like they're stoked about being single be Mm -hmm. stoked with them and Mm -hmm. for them um I think we just like I said we try to prescribe things to other people who might not be looking for a prescription like if you haven't gone to the doctor you don't like stop giving me a prescription like if I'm asking you for advice okay maybe offer it up um but if I'm not then just maybe keep your mouth shut
0: yeah. I'm really glad you said that actually, because yeah, I definitely don't want to isolate anyone who's listening that might be married. Um, Hopefully I haven't, yeah. I haven't made you feel bad because we're just as happy for you in, in your state of life um, right. as we are in our own. And so um, I'm glad I actually, said-
1: the tables were turned. Like, What if I went to my single friend and was like, oh man, like if only you were single like me, like your life would be so much better. Like
0: be so it
1: would awkward. never awkward like people so lose weird. their minds yeah like it just why are you trying to force your thing on me i'm not trying to force my thing on you
0: right i'm not trying to say like
1: ditch that husband that you love so much like, <laughs> don't tell me to ditch my like free and independent life that right. i love so
0: much okay. right okay. exactly <laughs> i think but i think what you said too is so true like be in tune with your friends who are single to, to, to know where they are at because some of them might be really longing and ready and lonely because they're ready for a partner. And others like us, seem it sounds like, are we're okay. And so, yeah, just be in tune with those people in your life. Don't forget about your single friends either if you get married and, yes. um, you know, try not to... Forget that you have them as friends because I know that's something that I've struggled with when some of my friends have gotten married um, and started having kids. And then I'm like, I want to see them, but like I know they're busy. So there's just like this weird balance of still mm-hmm. maintaining those relationships. So, oh, yeah. Anyway. Okay, we'll get off our little singleness soapbox. Um, something I really want to start talking about is uh, mental health, because I know that yeah. you um, have really prioritized taking care of your mental health over the last few years, as have I, particularly in this last year, um, really, once I got back from Europe, and then COVID hit, and I couldn't escape to other countries mm-hmm. <laughs> for a while. Um, so yeah. I'd love to hear more from you about what made you decide to say yes to counseling and um, And Mm -hmm. I know you've been doing it a lot longer than I have. So what made you decide to say yes to that? um, And how has it helped you, particularly in the last, like, 18 months?
1: Yeah, I have gone to counseling every single week for about four and a half years. Mm. Um, It is my most committed relationship. (laughs) Um, We are very (laughs) solid. Um, And I originally said yes because I got to a place where I realized – there had been some things in my past that were hard, some things I was really trying to work on, work through, really deal with and kind of face. And I realized I got to a place that I couldn't do it on my own. And I didn't have what it took within me to fix what I felt like was wrong mm-hmm. within me or in my life, um, what was broken. And I knew I needed help from somebody on the outside to mm-hmm. step into my situation with me and help the um, wisdom and guidance mm-hmm. and um, encouragement in that season. Um, as I was thinking back on that, it, it didn't feel like some dramatic breakdown. It didn't like hit rock bottom and then decide to go to counseling, which for some, that is how it happens. And that's a beautiful thing too. But for me, it felt more like a surrendering of just realizing, um, as an Enneagram one, as a perfectionist type of person, I have really high standards for myself. And it got to a place where I really had to open my hands and realize like, I'm trying to hold this all together by myself and my hands aren't big enough to hold it all together. Mm. Um, and if, can I open my hands up and let somebody in and let somebody help? Um, and I did, and I am so grateful that I took that step. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's scary. It was intimidating. I didn't really know where to start. I asked around, sent some emails, got a call back from a therapist and kind of just trusted the process. And it has become the most, um, really fruitful and meaningful rhythm in my life. Um, I talk about it often on my social media, but I I always kind of say like, it's, it doesn't really get easier, Mm. Um, but it is always, always, always worth it. Um, I think for me counseling and some additional, I see a psychiatrist, I've gone through EMDR therapy. I've done Mm. some other kind of additional and supplemental things in addition to just like weekly talk therapy. Um, but for me, it's really, um, it's brought hope and healing to some of the deepest and darkest places in my life and in my story. Um, I've seen redemption in places that I didn't, um, know could be mm. made new. Um, I've seen the Lord really make the beauty out of brokenness. Um, there's been some seasons that I've felt like really hard and intense and really fiery. And I've seen that what comes mm-hmm. out of that is like a more pure gold, that there's a refining through some of those fires. Um, mm. and I think for me, it's been really, it's been a safe space. It's been a refuge. It's been um, like a tool shed that's a weird thing to say but I I find that I leave with like more tools in my arsenal to help fight the battles that I face in my life Um, I think I have more language to explain and understand both myself and God and my story Um, it's just really been a um, a really it's it's changed my life and I think it saved my life too Mm -hmm. and I'm really grateful for it Mm
0: Yeah, I know. My I started going back to counseling November of 2020. Um, mm-hmm. Ironically, I so I adopted a dog. Most people know I adopted a dog at the beginning yeah. of everything, of the beginning of COVID. I was part of the stereotype. Um, he is the best and also takes all my freedom that we talked about earlier, but um, not all of it, but some of it for sure. And um, those first few months with him were really difficult because I've never had to take care of another being. I've been single for so long and yeah, started seeing some like real anger start popping up. Like, just like from somewhere in me, I was like, Oh, no, what is this feeling? I don't like it. It reminds me of stuff with my family as a kid, like just kind of outbursts of frustration. And I was like, Okay, I think this is a sign I need to go back to counseling, which I had known for a while, but hadn't taken the action step. And I was like, okay, I want to nip whatever this is in the bud and probably need to process through some things Mm because it's been a while. It had been since college since I'd seen a counselor. And so started going to counseling and it turned out that the one thing I went in for, which was like some anger, was actually so much other stuff that had to be unraveled. That was just (laughs) the manifestation of like trauma. Like you said, it, it doesn't, It's not always easy, but it is worthwhile work. Mm -hmm. Um, I love seeing my counselor and she has helped to like more fully unravel some things uh, Mm -hmm. that have helped me to realize like, oh, personal growth and prioritizing mental and emotional health is important. Like it's really important. It doesn't matter how good you think you are, like how, how well you're doing, like there's always more to be. Delved into, particularly with someone on the outside, like you mentioned, and someone who's a professional and who's trained yes. in these areas, yes. who can speak things into your life um, right. without the like label or, or sticker of like any kind of Christian language, which always drives me crazy. Um, that's a different story for a different day, I'm sure. But um, I have loved getting back into counseling and just learning more about self care in ways that I've really not. Prioritize that, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and working through things with family and trauma and all this stuff from childhood and and seeing how those have affected me into adulthood and now gaining yeah. tools and resources and and better coping mechanisms to work through those things when they when they might pop up. And yeah, I could not advocate more for getting back to counseling because it's mm-hmm. been so amazing. Well, I'd love to hear from you because um, you've been you've been on your journey, um, doing all, mental health and emotional health, which we know affect literally all the rest of our health, like physical and yeah. spiritual, yep. um, and relational, all those things. Um, mm-hmm. what have you found to be some of the best and hardest things as you've been, um, going through counseling and, and everything else that you're doing?
1: Yeah. It's a loaded I
0: question. It so it I, I apologize.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is. And I think, um, I think the best and the hardest things of my counseling journey are the same things, um, which maybe is a way of cheating the question, but also <laughs> really answering it uh, at the same time. So I think for me, um, I've talked about my personality a little bit. And I think it's it's something that's, it's very hard for me to show up and let somebody see me in the middle of my mess, mm. um, to let myself be seen in progress and in process that is not Uh, a comfortable state for me to be in I really want to have it all together and um we joke a lot in counseling about how I like want when I have counseling homework I come back and I'm like did I get a gold star like I want Mm -hmm. to perform I want to do this perfectly I want to do well Um, I want my counselor to like me and (laughs) a lot of times that's not how it goes (laughs) um and it's a challenging space to be in I feel like um and maybe in some ways similar to like walking into a gym where you're like I know that I will leave here stronger but it will hurt first mm-hmm. and I will have to do hard work and I'm gonna sweat and i might like like there's gonna be I'm gonna cry and it's gonna mm-hmm. take effort people are gonna see me struggle um somebody's mm-hmm. gonna see me struggle even if it's just my therapist mm-hmm. and that's an uncomfortable place to be it's really vulnerable and also really really beautiful um mm-hmm to have somebody like him be such a faithful presence in my life um, to see me and be there for me regardless and still and because of all of the things. Mm. Um, It's been a picture that has really pointed me um, to Jesus. I see Jesus reflected in the way my counselor engages with me and walks with me and has stayed um, for so long. I think it's taken me like a while to really believe like, oh, he's not going anywhere. (laughs) Like this is actually like, going to say and now I'm at the point where like if he did like if he changed careers too or if he left or something changed like it's not so much him but what he represents and the presence of like somebody like a kind and wise guide in my life is um Mm -hmm. it's just been really helpful really illuminating really encouraging really really challenging Mm -hmm. not um a walk in the park but a really um redemptive work in my life Mm -hmm. so I think what I'm a season I'm kind of in with counseling right now is um like you talked about threads and unraveling I feel Mm -hmm. like there's more um there's always more underneath the Mm -hmm. things that are happening in our lives than we realize Yep. And so often, I was reading a book recently that talked about, like, symptoms are really just, like, signs that point us to a deeper problem or a deeper issue. And that has been really true in counseling, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where, you like you said, you think you're going in for anger, and it turns out, like, oops, there's all this other stuff underneath (laughs) there. Um, It's really, like, an iceberg, right? Mm -hmm. You can only see, like, so much Mm -hmm. of the tip of it, and there's so much more under the surface. So. I'm really doing a lot of digging into kind of my family of origin and where I came from, how my relationship with my parents was growing up, um, some of the ways that that led to me um, staying with somebody who was really abusive and yeah. feeling stuck in a relationship that was really hurtful and um, really traumatic and painful, and really even pulling some of the just the threads that I I went in thinking my story went back to when I was 17. Um, turns out it started day one, and so really kind of unraveling some of that. Um, it's getting messier than right now that it is really getting clearer, but I'm seeing connections and I'm understanding things deep on a deeper level. And I'm seeing the way that the Lord is working in those places to mm-hmm. redeem it and bring um, healing into those places. I think um, there's a quote by Richard Moore that says like what you don't transform, you will transmit. And for me, If I'm not transforming some of these places of pain, I'm just going to keep causing pain, whether to myself or to other people. So I really Mm -hmm. want to do that transformational work of going to those places, Mm -hmm. um, exploring that terrain and really trying to um, make something new out of it. Mm -hmm. But it's hard and good.
0: All at once. It is hard and good. And what – like this is something I want to make sure is very much heard by everyone listening. Like what beauty – and what blessing it is to be able to work through, and I'm saying this for myself as well, work through these things now before mm-hmm. we potentially end up with a partner. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it's going to be, it's still hard to do as a single person and an individual person and work through all these things. But because we're putting in work now, if we were to meet somebody, and if we were to get married, a lot of bleh, this mm-hmm. stuff will have been worked through. doesn't mean it doesn't still pop up from time to time, but like I said, we'll be equipped with the right or better, more healthy resources and coping mechanisms and all that sort of stuff. That's why I'm such an advocate for counseling um, or talking to a professional in some capacity, because Mm -hmm. especially if you're single, like we all have stuff. It doesn't matter what your family was like. Your family could have been picture-perfect, there's still issues, <laughs> or you yeah. could be from a really broken family. Hi, um, there's issues like th- there's going to be issues no matter what, and so right. much of it does actually end up stemming from childhood, which is so frustrating. I don't know if you feel yeah. this way, but oftentimes yes. when we're yes. talking, me and my counselor, and she'll you know hearken back to a story I told her from my childhood, you know, multiple sessions ago, and she'll be like, Do you see how this ties in with this? And I get so angry because clearly, as a child, we had no control over. Right. Right. <laughs> anything really but again what a blessing to be going through it now um Mm -hmm. i'm so grateful that we're our generation is more one we talk about this stuff more openly Mm -hmm. with one another but two we're more willing to go talk to professionals and like get seek help because i feel for kind of our parents age and and beyond where it like wasn't socially acceptable to talk about Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. even when there's nothing like even when there's nothing inherently wrong or like a, a glaring issue, that doesn't yes. mean that talking yes. to a professional isn't a good idea. Yeah, so. there's
1: nobody that couldn't benefit from yes talking to somebody, inviting help in. Um, even if the worst thing that happened was you like spilled your coffee that day, like go talk about it and like see what because like we said, there's probably something underneath that. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I think anyone and everyone could benefit. I don't think you have to have a reason, quote unquote, mm-hmm. to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you, as soon as you step in, you'll realize, oh, I actually yeah. had a lot of reasons for coming here, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> whether I see them or not, or see them at the start or not. Um, I found like something that some people probably will hear like, oh my gosh, you've gone for four and a half weeks or four and a half years, like every week, that's a lot, like you have a lot of issues. Yeah. And also like, I just have normal life that sometimes I, it's just nice to talk about like, hey, this thing happened with my coworker mm-hmm. today. And like, mm-hmm. I have a safe place to process it. that isn't like mm-hmm. me going and talking to another coworker and like making more drama, mm-hmm. Um, So the consistency for me has been really helpful. He's at times trying to be like, you want to do every other week or like once a month, like you don't need to come every week. I'm like, no, I like it. And Mm -hmm. for me, that works. It's Mm -hmm. not going to work for everybody. That's great. Figure Mm -hmm. out what does work for Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. and give yourself the opportunity and the space to unpack things that are happening in your life. Little, big, small, hard, happy, whatever. There are Mm -hmm. some weeks where you just are like, I'm great. And it's so fun to talk to him about like how things are going well. Like that's just as valuable Mm -hmm. as unpacking trauma. So, Mm -hmm.
0: yeah. And I'd say like, especially, you know, on the heels of the pandemic that we've all been living through, like not Mm -hmm. only do we have our personal lives and work and relationships, those stressors, which are normal. We all have some sort of stress from all of those things, but we also have like this compounding effect of, a global pandemic Mm -hmm. and messy politics and natural disasters, all these other things happening around the world. And so, I don't know, I'm just a huge proponent of like, if there was ever a time, it's
1: probably
0: right (laughs) now for everyone, no matter where you're at. Oh man. Well, I think something big too, that at least for me has come out of counseling Kind of alluded to this earlier with like self care and figuring out some Mm -hmm. things that I hadn't been really prioritizing or or making time for for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. I have learned a lot about routines via counseling. And as a single woman living by myself, I have to kind of set up routines for myself. Otherwise, It's kind of a free-for-all every day. Um, And I know that you and I have both been kind of doing that, just more healthy, Mm -hmm. balanced routines, establishing those in our daily lives. So I would love to hear from you, what are some of the routines that you've created and stuck to recently, maybe even a routine that you tried that didn't work out? I'd love to hear just anything from you about how you've established some routines in your life.
1: Yeah, I think a couple of years ago when I set my word of the year as rhythm, mm-hmm. I really started exploring what routines and rhythms and kind of more consistent practices would look like in my life. Um, and one that has really been meaningful and it's actually stuck in a way that I'm really very proud of <laughs> is having a weekly Sabbath. Um, it's one of those things I read about in the Bible growing up as in church and heard about, you know, take Sabbath and keep it holy and have this day set apart and all these things. And it always felt... Um, just like weird and kind of woo woo to me. And like, do people really do that? Like, also I live in America where like productivity is actually really lauded. Right. And we don't really like just take a day to rest. Um, but really for the last, I think it's been two years now, over wow. two years, every single weekend, I take 24 hours. So it's Friday at 5 p.m. till Saturday at 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. And my phone turns, basically turns off. I use the downtime app in my iPhone and turn off all my apps. They like basically lock me out. Um, I leave like photos and like music and podcasts, Mm -hmm. like things Mm -hmm. that bring life and joy, but everything like all social media off my computer does not get opened. Mm -hmm. I do not watch any shows, no movies, basically like go screen free for 24 hours. Um, Don't do any work. Like that's my, I mm-hmm. tell everybody at work, it's on my calendar at work, that they know I'm offline for these 24 hours mm-hmm. and it has become a really sweet rhythm in my life that is really restorative. It brings a lot of, it just kind of grounds me, calms me, it centers me mm-hmm. and I create space. Like I really have to fight for it to intentionally create space for things that bring me joy, that really bring life, um, to my life, um, mm-hmm. and really connect me back with God, um, especially when I work in a church, it's easy to feel like I'm doing well with my faith or really connecting with God. Cause we talk about faith stuff all the time. And we're mm. talking about the Bible all day long at work and doing all these things that are very religious and faithy and so holy and spiritual. And then I get to the end of the week and I'm exhausted and burned out. And I'm like, Oh wait, have I actually connected with God this week? Have I actually like done anything that brings me closer to like the heart of like my Lord? Like probably not. Mm. So it looks to me like it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of like painting, creating, um, cooking, eating good food. I've started a new thing where I eat pizza to kind of kick off Friday night Sabbath. And it's just like something I look forward to and love. Um, I get outside a lot. I just really carve out space. So that's Mm -hmm. been a rhythm and a routine that's been really, really meaningful. Um, and it, I think I was worried for a while that being single and living alone that Sabbath would feel really disconnected and really lonely. Like what if I can't like There's something to be said, right, for social media, helping you feel connected, feel like you're a part of other people's lives, that you're in on what's going on in the world. Um, I actually felt better disconnecting Mm. from that. I realized how, like we've talked about shallow and kind of phony, some of those things were that it it wasn't actually real connection that it's actually better for my soul and my spirit to like not scroll on Instagram for two hours and actually just like go sit in the woods Mm -hmm. um, or like go on a walk. That's actually better. I feel more connected. When I'm not looking at my phone on a walk, I'm looking at people's faces. I'm smiling. I'm petting the dog that I see. Mm -hmm. Like those things actually are so much better for me than this fake, like fabricated way of connection that I think I often can default to Mm -hmm. with social media, with the internet. Mm -hmm. So Sabbath has been huge for me. Um, I've recently started memorizing scripture, which I didn't think I could do. And that's been a new like kind of routine that I use my commute to and from work. I'm reciting a passage of Colossians and I'm, I'm up to like 17 verses of it memorized. Um, and that's been really cool. I didn't think I could memorize scripture. I felt like people who did were like somehow super fully humans. <laughs> um, turns out anyone can't. If you like think about it, like how many songs do you have all the lyrics memorized? Like your brain can do it. Um, so that's been really cool. I have dabbled in different sorts of goal setting, um, charts where I try to track how many times I move my body in a week, um, -hmm. how many times I meditate, things like that. Those will work for seasons and not for others. I think for me having kind of big picture goals for my year Mm -hmm. has been better. Um, but I'm still trying to crack the code on some things. I think in some ways I'm doing really well in other places, like with moving my body and exercise, that's. I haven't totally settled into a good rhythm or routine in that area yet, um, or in this time of my life necessarily, but I'm realizing like in all things there are gives and takes, and some things are really driving the season and some things really suffer. And right now, like that just looks a little bit different. Okay. So, Sabbath is my one real win that I would really advocate, even if you just take an evening or some time to be off your phone and tech free yeah. and really be intentional yeah. about that. I think it's a meaningful rhythm that whether it's for a religious reason or not is really um, good for our brains to disconnect.
0: I agree. I actually did an episode with a friend of mine named Hannah. She's out in LA um, and she, we did an episode all on Sabbath. And so I'm going to mm. link in the show notes because it's so, it was such a great episode. I have been so um, hot and cold with Sabbath um, because, because I just have a hard time sticking to anything clear. I must have a fear of commitment. The more we talk, the more we're realizing this. But This is like therapy <laughs> on its own. <laughs> it really is. Um, I've just had a kind of on and off relationship with Sabbath, but I'm getting back into that rhythm um, because I brought up during counseling that I was stressed out a few sessions ago. Um, and she was like, well, how's your Sabbath? And I was like, uh, I haven't huh? done it in a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah so I was about to go on a trip and she said when you get back from your trip I really want you to try and get back into that rhythm because I know how much that means to you and how you end up feeling after like you feel recharged you feel renewed you're like ready to get back in because it is an alleviation of the stressors of your day-to-day life to have that time to just focus on simple pleasures right and not mm-hmm. have the screen and the pressure the the social media pressure and all that sort of stuff and so yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I'm a huge advocate for Sabbath as well there's some great books out there on Sabbath yeah, yeah. there's a lot of science too behind like taking a break and, and taking mm-hmm. an intentional time of rest and if a whole day sounds too intimidating try a half a day like start small and work yeah. up do too, an evening if, do an ah yeah. little things oh, do Sabbath it during meals just like
1: try to eat your meals without your phone yeah. for what like You can take steps to get work Mm -hmm. up to it being more of a practice in your life, but Mm -hmm. I think it's worth it.
0: Absolutely. Um, I would just kind of echo everything you said with Sabbath. I think that's a huge routine that I've learned to establish. I also, um, since I work from home, I'm a freelancer, I can kind of set my own schedule. That is beautiful and also very difficult for somebody who uh, doesn't love the routine. So for me, Mm I have really had to learn how to try to like – make it a priority to get up earlier because I'm a night owl. Mm-hmm. So I can stay up super late. So one of my routines is trying to get up by a certain time, um, having my morning time before I do anything else. Um, I used to, I used to struggle because I have a dog. So I was like, well I have to take my dog out first. Come to learn he doesn't need to go out the first thing in the morning. So I do my morning time. There you go and I love it. It's really important to me. Again, I have a on and off relationship with that too, but we're on right now, which is, what there
1: you go. um, there you go.
0: and then take my dog for a walk and come back, make coffee, get ready, um, mm. and kind of set into rhythms of the day. I've also mm-hmm. learned that, um, for me with routine and working from home, I did a whole podcast episode on setting routine, healthy routine. So I'll, it was a solo episode. I'll link that too, but I've learned that like, I know when my most productive hours are and they're typically Mm -hmm. like nine to three. Um, so I try to be all in from nine to three. I usually get kind of brain dead around 3 PM. So I take a break for a couple hours and then I come back at night. If there's any kind of more mindless work, things that don't require my like 100% Mm -hmm. dedicated, uh, full attention, I'll get some like mindless stuff done at night. So yeah, little routines, whatever you can find that like brings you joy. Mm -hmm. I think that those can be so helpful. Um, well, I'd love to hear then, alongside these routines that you've established, like how have they helped to ground you particularly as a woman who is single?
1: Yeah, I think for me, it helps to feel like I'm creating um, really space for the things that I find Mm -hmm. joy in. Mm -hmm. And I think um, sometimes people look at those who are single and think like, Oh, you have all the time in the world, like therefore you should give it to everybody else, or you should be able ah. to stay at work longer, or you should get more accomplished, or well, why don't you go do the whatever, fill in mm-hmm. the blank? And for me, I've really had to um just kind of like draw the line and be like, This is a boundary that I'm setting mm-hmm. and um it makes me better at my job when I take time intentionally away. Like, yes, I will get emails throughout the weekend and I won't respond right away. And nothing has ever, like, it has never been a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody needed to reach me with an emergency, they could, but I've really established that this is what helps me feel the most grounded, rooted, alive, joyful, like at peace version of myself. And to, I need to do that to mm-hmm. make the rest of my life good and work. Um I think Sabbath is pretty easy when I live alone and I'm single. Cause like I said, nobody needs me. Nobody's really like asking for my attention <laughs> during that time. It's pretty easy to kind of just disconnect and do the things I love to do. Cause I mostly do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't feel like a drastic shift, um, but it feels like a freeing one to just kind of mm-hmm. take a step back from the fast pace of the world. Um, and I think it, it really does. It just gives me the time to recharge and refill my tank so that I can mm-hmm. come back in, Um, particularly since it ends from Sabbath ends for me on Saturday evenings, I Mm -hmm. work at a church on Sunday morning and I am better. Like I show Mm -hmm. up better, um, Sunday morning when I have taken that time for my own soul and Mm -hmm. spirit to really find rest. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like it, it helps bring me back to like closer to a hundred percent, even if my 100% is, um, a a depressed 100% or really like (laughs) if I'm in a hard season mentally, um, the best that I I am the best that I can be in that season, which varies. It's not like the best looks the same every day. So, yeah. but for me, it's it's the most grounding, the most um, centering, and important thing yeah. I do.
0: That's awesome.
1: Thank Turns you. out God was onto something when he said like, <laughs> the Sabbath. "I don't know." I mean, I I've learned that like I should probably listen to what God says because like it's usually right. So yeah,
0: <laughs> well, and I just don't think we were made human beings weren't made to function at hundred percent every single day of the week at every hour that you're awake and like you mentioned earlier we live in a country in america where it's like all that hustle and grind and you, know, you should be working more than 40 hours and you should be this and you should be that and it's like well yeah, but like, look at the overall health of people yeah. who are doing. Are we all doing of great? That. Are we doing yeah. okay? I don't think we're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that there is a real sacredness in rest. It's it's the harder decision to make to choose to rest yes. is a harder decision. But like you said earlier, sometimes those are the best and most worthwhile decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think of oh wow, um, my nerdiness is about to come out. But there is a quote from Harry Potter. Um, uh, I don't want to butcher this too bad, but essentially it says like, sometimes it comes down to, it's Dumbledore saying it, but like making the choice between what is easy and what is right. And Mm -hmm. I think choosing to rest isn't the easy decision, but for the sake of you and your personhood and your health, it's most likely the right decision. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I would also say, I think it's different for different personalities for me. Um, I find it easier to be alone and to rest than I do true. to engage with people. Um that is the harder, more draining mm-hmm. thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um that's not true for everybody. For some people, it's i I really love resting. like it's not I don't really have to try too hard to like mm-hmm. engage in that space well. Um, but, like I said, because I do that, I then can engage really well during the week with the people that need me mm-hmm. um need my attention, need my effort, my energy, my heart um, yeah. for the work that I'm called to do, yeah. and that makes me a better able to do the harder which the harder thing for me is to really show up fully yeah. to the
0: work that I have in front of me yeah. so well, I the think Sabbath
1: I, rhythm is an easy one. Yeah. But.
0: And I think figuring out what rest looks like for you as an individual yes. is important because for, for one person, it might be sitting at home with candles and books. And like, that is, yeah. that yeah. is innate rest for others. It might be inviting a friend to go for a hike, like a hike somewhere in your area. Like that yeah. could be rest to you. I think figuring out what that is, is the most important thing. It's not a, Agreed. it's not a one size fits all.
1: Yeah. Don't hear what I'm saying is Sabbath and think you have to do it exactly the right. same. Yeah. Um, but those are just some tips and tools that maybe yes. you can find a thread in
0: that that resonates with yeah. you and figure out what works. Yeah. And I would still advocate for turning your phones off or like putting but them in, turn phone in, off, yes. in dumb <laughs> mode so you're not on social media uh-huh. and all the things.
1: <laughs> At least turn off like Instagram and TikTok. And yes, 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 yes. The yes, things yes. that you click on the most are the ones you need to disconnect from yes. the most. So yes.
0: exactly. <laughs> okay. I have one more question for you before we wrap this up um, around our topic. And that is, what is what advice, like what one piece of advice, if you had to sum it up, not, this is not an easy question to ask. So I'm excited to hear what you're going to say, but what one piece of advice would you give to a woman who is ready to not only embrace, but thrive in their singleness? Um, Because it's Mm -hmm. one thing to just live it. And it's another thing to like really be thriving in it. So what is the one piece of advice you would give?
1: I thought a lot about this and wrote a ton of things. And even as I'm like looking at my list of what I wrote as notes, I'm like, "Ah." I think the main thing I would say is um, to live your best story, not try to live in somebody else's story. Um, So like we've said, I think what can be good for somebody else doesn't have to be good for you. And what can be right and life-giving for somebody doesn't necessarily um, need to fit your life. And Mm -hmm. so to really discern and decide what it is that brings you joy, brings you like your heart alive really feels fulfilling that what are the desires of your heart mm-hmm. um, live into and out of those places and out of um, your own kind of like inner confidence and knowing of your belovedness. That is mm. true living out of that place um, into you, that story that God has created for you and is writing with your life. Um, it's almost like you, in some ways, just have to kind of put the blinders on and not be concerned with what everybody else is doing. Unfollow the voices that aren't mm-hmm. um, encouraging to you on social media, or the people who you love to hate. Like, get in, like, kind of stay in your own lane and figure out what the Lord has set before you and step into more of that. Because um, it, it would be a shame. I think there's a lot of like main character energy type of stuff going around on TikTok and social media <laughs> these days, and. But I think if you could really figure out what it looks like to live as the main character of your own story Mm -hmm. and not try to be fitting into the the role that somebody else is playing in their life, Mm -hmm. you will be better for it. And we will, as a, like, we all will benefit from that. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be good for you. And I think glorifying to the Lord, if you follow um, what he said before you faithfully.
0: Yeah, man, I, you might've seen me just write something down. It's because you said something that I had to literally write down Um, and that's to live out of your belovedness. Like, yeah. and which is unique to each and every one of us, and I think you're right. It's almost like mm-hmm. a disservice to not live out of that space of your story and uh, the the journey that God has for you, and living it like fully in that place. There's just a lot, there's a lot of beauty in just that one little yeah. statement. So yeah. that's a nugget yeah. that I'm going to be writing down and sticking up on my wall so that I see it every day. Yay. That's so beautiful. Um, I have oh. Beloved tattooed
1: on my arm for the yes, same reason. Yes, you do. I want to live out of that Beloved Oh, tattoo. I love so that. I'm right
0: there with you. So pretty. All right. I know this has been a longer episode, but we went over a lot of really, really um, important things to us. They're important to us because, and mm-hmm. I think um, you'd agree that we believe that, um, They can really help other women who are single or not, honestly, but, um, things that we've learned as single women, things that we've grown through and from, um, and we just want to be able to encourage all of you guys who may be single or maybe you're not, um, but yeah, counseling and routines and prioritizing your mental health and really living out of your belovedness. I just think that Mm -hmm. that's so beautiful. Mm So, um, I have three more quick questions for you before we totally wrap up. Rapid Um, fire. And this is going to be a fun one because I, I am going to listen back to the episode we did before to see how your answers have changed. I want to too. Um, So first question, knowing what you know now at 29, Mm -hmm. what would you tell yourself at age 20?
1: Yeah. I'll just read this quick little blurb that I wrote. Um, Life gets so good and your story unfolds in ways you never thought it would. So take Mm -hmm. heart, carry on. Let yourself be loved. Learn to love yourself.
0: Mm. You
1: are beautiful and brave and beloved, and the best is yet to come.
0: That is really um, awesome and so true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, things can feel really, really tough when you're in it, yeah. but then when you're out of it, you can see the beauty that was there. There's a beauty that comes from everything. Um, sometimes it's harder to get to and harder to find, but ultimately it's there in some some yeah. shape or some yeah. capacity. That's awesome. Okay. Obviously, this podcast is called Wild Hearts, which means so. In your mm-hmm. opinion, what makes someone a wild heart?
1: Yeah, I don't know if you did this because of the Brene Brown quote where she talks about having a strong back, a soft front, and a wild heart. No, nope. but I they love it. And what I some podcast I think it was the On Being podcast with Krista mm-hmm. Tippett, which is the podcast I love. Um, she used that language, and for me, it's actually been a phrase that's resonated for a while, and I really, really love it. This mm. combination of having like a strong, like rootedness. Um, and your back like this spine kind of foundation but being soft in the front and being like warm and welcoming Um, but also having this like wild heart and this um, energy and excitement and passion Mm. I love that combination it feels just like a really beautiful way to live Mm. kind of like this whole embodiedness so I think the wild heartness of that to me it looks like um, living in the tension of two things speaking Mm. of tattoos I have a plus sign tattoo because I I love this idea of living in the tension of two things that mm-hmm. we live in this place of um, the now and the not yet that we live in this world of be- you, tough and tender and grit and grace and mm-hmm. all of these like weird oxymoron paradoxical tension points. Um, and that can feel like wild, unpredictable terrain that you don't know how to like traverse, but um, that's where life happens and that's where the good mm-hmm. stuff is. And to me, that's like, my wild heartedness feels like living into those tensions well. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. And doing so with an openness.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. Uh, okay, well, lastly, where can everyone find you, follow along, support yeah. you, all the things? I am basically everywhere online. <laughs> um, on
1: Instagram, you can find me at Rachel A. Dawson. That's my personal account, or my bookstagram, where all things books and reading. Is at all the rad reads. That's also my TikTok handle if you want to find me there. Um, and my website is racheladawson.com, which is kind of a hub for all of it.
0: So awesome. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being willing to yeah. come back and be a repeat guest. Knew I <laughs> wanted to have you on. Um, and I'm so glad we were able to make this happen. Thank you for sharing your time and your wisdom um, and just overall being a wonderful person that I'm so grateful to call a friend
1: yeah thank you for having me This we talked about therapy a lot and this honestly felt like a little slice of it so i appreciate who you are you you
0: too thanks for tuning into this episode of wild hearts with janine i hope that this conversation has encouraged you to step out confidently and say yes to the things that god has for you Hey, while I've got your attention, I would absolutely love it if you went to Apple Podcasts and rated, reviewed, and subscribed to Wild Hearts with Janine. It would mean so much to me. All right. I will see you guys back here when the next new episode drops, when I'll be sitting down with another great guest to talk about another wild-hearted topic. But until then, you guys keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith.